Hello, people, and thank you for joining me and my friends on the Game Files podcast. My name is Matthew, and I will be hosting discussions on all things dice throwing, button mashing, page turning, and screen viewing from the past, present, and future of those things that occupy our spare time. Welcome back to the show. Uh, tonight, we are going to have a mildly buzz Halloween special. Uh, we had a special last night as Radis is passing me. And I suppose no. Something that will be imbibed, and it's fine. Tonight, we're going to talk about some haunted locations, some local, some not so local. Maybe tell a few stories of uh, uh, supernatural events that have occurred in our lives. And we'll just kind of go from there. Tonight, of course, we have the ever-present Radis. Salute. Hello, hello. We also have, returning from last night, Bewitched, the sequel. Hello. Bewitched, the sequel. Uh, We also have here another returning guest, Abby. Hey, hey, hey. And an original OG of this podcast, Mad Marty. Glad to be here. Glad to have you guys. Glad to have you all here. And uh, on the special blue moon Halloween night, right, 2020, all kinds of weird stuff going on. It's so spooky. It is spooky. <laughs> and the skull is staring at you. Oh. It's fun. Mm. So we live in the northern Illinois area, and there's our, share, our fair share of haunted locations, some of which are complete BS. Uh, you know, people go and... Maybe trip on some uh, acid and... Blood's point. Yeah, blood's point's BS. <laughs> um, sorry, Rock Fordians. It's BS. If you saw something, you were probably drunk or high, or you're just crazy. So anyways, um, we're going to go ahead and get this rock and rolling with Radis, because that's where we do. We're going to go down the table. So Radis, tell us about some haunted locations that you have either been to and or are planning to go to. Creep. Uh, hey, I would still love to do the St. Louis Haunted Walking Tour, but can't get anyone else to go do it. I guess the, the biggest haunted one, and unfortunately mine is not in Rockford, because being younger when I was living here up to the age of 16, didn't really have a lot of access to get around to stuff. But Limp Mansion, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. We kind of hinted on this on the last podcast, but it is a one of the oldest breweries in the U.S. set in St. Louis. And every member of that family has died in that house some horrendous way. And it is listed in like every listing for one of the most haunted locations. Local radio stations have done seances there and recorded weird crap. Um, One of the local radio stations when they did it had a one and a half ton um, like dresser. Like it takes six guys to move this dresser. And it almost falls on him. Like the wind blows a little bit and he turns and it's coming towards him and he moves out of the way real quick. And then they try to push it and it takes like all of them. They can barely move it, but they've got video of it almost falling. Um, I've actually eaten at the Limp Mansion because they've got a bed and breakfast there and just weird things. Just going in there, you get just this creepy feeling. But like we're there for like Easter dinner. All you can eat chicken. And it's just, yeah, it's just weird. Celebrate our Lord and Savior yep. at a haunted um, mansion. A lady, a friend of the family's works there year-round. And she's like, yeah, because they go, by the time you've worked there for about six months, it's weird stuff it just happens. Forks moving across the table by themselves. And not like you set a fork down, turn to do something, come back, and the fork. No, you, you set the fork down, and you're watching it, and it goes <laughs> across the table. So you're like, yeah, I'm going to just put that over there and, and leave it alone. They used to do the Halloween overnights. They would do a seance, you know, you pay 120 bucks to do the, you know, costume party and then get to stay there overnight and they would do a seance. 
And they've had a few people get injured because of that. So they kind of backed that off. You know, people doing the seance and then waking up the next morning with like scratches and all of that and going to the hospital from it. So it's not like, oh, yeah, no, no these are like scratches where either you were having a really good time and got hurt or this is something definitely <laughs> supernatural. This is not the, oh, a little red, you know, little shit. No, they were, you know, pretty bad. So uh, that's probably the, the best haunted place I've gone. But there are so many more in St. Louis that I would love to do the haunted walking. And I would invite any of you to come down and do it with me if I could get you guys down there. Yeah, yep. Yeah, see, this is why I'm glad she's back. So... But yeah, all the Rockford ones, you know, you grow up and you hear, you know, the bridge, Blood Alley. They're they're um, not all BS though. No, I'm not saying they are. Okay. I'm just saying but when you look at it though, every town's like, oh, every town's got a you know, a blood alley. Every town's got that park your car on the bridge and put baby powder on your bumper and then your car will roll and there'll be little kids' fingerprints all over the every town has St. Louis has it. Heber Springs, Arkansas has that where I live. So it's it's almost where a lot of those have come and become Urban legends. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, definitely stuff like Limp actually goes, okay, so there may be ur- urban legends, but somewhere, somewhere out there that somewhere happened for happened. real. Yeah. So, and I would love to find those places. But Limp is probably the, the, the scariest place I've been. And we've done that several years. I've never really talked about it because my parents don't believe in any of that. But just sitting there eating is like, yeah, you just kind of feel like something's watching you. And you're like, you squirm a little bit, but you enjoy the really good, you know, fried chicken. <laughs> dang it. So, Bewitched. She's not here tonight. Yeah, that's true. Be dang it is no more. It is now Bewitched. Resurrected. Resurrected. Ooh, uh, for wow. Resurrected for, wow, I like it. So, uh, Bewitched, being that you're descendant from, you know, some interesting characters. We should be burning you to the, at the stake. We should be heard. using you as Tinder. Um, <laughs> and not what? that Tinder, boys and girls. Whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that what is it? Which way is it? Swipe left, right? What is it? I don't know. I think know. left is a no. Left's a no. Right's uh, a yes. I've never actually used it. I yeah. Down there, you went down there. No. I'm super married, so no, I never used it. Super married. You well, should have a cape. I that'd be great. And so, how haunted locations and or places or things that you may have experienced as of such. So going back to what Rada said, um, every every town has one of these. Ours was actually probably a good half hour south of Rochelle. There's a random um, dirt road out in the middle of nowhere with a dilapidated house on it, and everybody had this story about it. Where I don't know exactly how, but you know the entire the entire family died horrifically, and their dogs ate them. And you had to like go down this road and stop the car and like wait thirty seconds, and then you can you know. Leave like you should be able to like hear the dogs barking, and so we went there, and, you know, because we wanted to scare ourselves, and we went out there again. This road's a dirt road; it's you know got big ruts in the road, and there's gnarly trees. We get out there, we turn the car off, um, we start hearing dogs barking, we freak out, turn the car, go to turn the car back on, and the car does not start. So we are freaking out. We're out in the middle of nowhere, about a half half an hour from home. We're, you know, 16 years old. Again, freak out. We do get the car started. We leave. And then we come back. Was it a half an hour later? No, it was not a half an hour later. It was, it was probably like 30 seconds, 30 but it felt like an hour. But Missing when, time? No. When we, when, we, when we got home, you know, we all laughed about it. But, you know, a couple weeks later, we went back in the middle of the day. And it's like, oh, this is a regular road. It's fine. Like there, there's really no. I, I don't 
have any actual real horror stories. It was just one of those ones where it's like, there's this story. We're going to go test it out. And we got too scared and we left because I am a chicken. Yeah, we we we, <laughs> we, we, did, we did talk about that. Yeah, I am yeah, a complete yeah. chicken. I was gonna say that you did kind of mention the whole descendant thing. Yeah. So I am actually descendant of a, a Salem witch named Rebecca Nurse. She is actually um, buried in Salem. She was burned. At, I don't know if she was burned at the stake. I believe she was, but um, I believe uh, the Salem witches were hung. Unless you were the I'm rare sure. individual that got squished with rocks. I just know that she was she was killed during the Salem witch trials. Yeah. And um I I know that they my sister actually traced our heritage back to to that. And I think it's kinda cool. I do not know any witchcraft. I don't, you know That you know of slacker. I, well, I don't know slacker. any. That's exactly what I said. I don't know any witchcraft. I don't really have any interest in that. But it's kind of cool to kind of learn your heritage and have it go back to something like that. Yeah, that's a pretty major event in U.S. history. And granted, it's horrific that, you know, one of your ancestors died during it. But it is kind of also kind of cool. Like, okay, in that history, I've got a direct tie to it. Right. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, fought in Revolutionary War and all that. But we can get into that much more specific, you know, one area of the U.S. It's like, yeah, my family actually came from there. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So Abby, mm. talk about it. What do you want to know? Oh, I'll, I mean, I know. What a lot. are you willing to share? <laughs> <laughs> that wow. was an evil laugh. That, uh, was, a, that was a great <laughs> laugh. Good, good night, everybody. You know, I love that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you know, I just want to say this before we move on. I've missed you, Abby. Uh, the short time I did love here when we hang out, it was an awesome time, and I'm glad that you're back in here and we're trying to reconnect. So. Yeah, just letting you know that we should we should uh, head out to Bloods Point Cemetery after we're done recording here. <laughs> I'm all for it. Halloween I'll drive. night in the dark, dark and spooky. Eh. <laughs> yeah, mm, I got a couple. Um, I actually did an official ghost hunt uh, two three years ago with psychic medium Chris Fleming. He's been on uh, Ghost Adventures, I believe. There's a uh, Psychic Kids on. I'm not sure what station it's on, but he lives in the Chicago area, and uh, I did a ghost hunt with him and a group in Elgin, Illinois, at a haunted attraction that's in a warehouse that used to be a casket manufacturing company. So That's not creepy at all. Yeah. So so like when you say haunted attraction, you mean the 20 bucks go through haunted house, but it actually has a history... Yes. In a haunt. Ooh, that's yes. cool. Um, so I did a little research in advance to see what I could find out because there was like a lot of legends <laughs> swirling around. Um, so it was actually a casket. There was a casket manufacturing company in, I believe, the late 1800s and into, I think, up to like the 1960s there. Thing is, with casket manufacturing, it's not like, they house dead bodies in caskets after no, they no. make them. They're just making caskets. There were rumor, you know, all those rumors like, oh, there was an insane asylum up the road and they buried the bodies in the field next to the casket place. And I couldn't find anything to verify that. So right. um, we went through, we did a spirit box session in one of the rooms where they claim to get a lot of activity. So if you're, not familiar with paranormal investigation, uh, spirit box kind of cycles through radio stations 
at, and I think it's getting just like one second snippets from radio stations. So basically you're generating white noise. So it's pulling the, uh, EVP. Uh, yeah. Thank you. EVPs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so usually when it's just running, you hear like a sound because you can't, it's going so fast. You can't get full words from the radio station. And the theory is that this allows spirits, ghosts, various entities to communicate through the white noise and you will pick up voices and it's usually you know really good ones the like class a evps are ones that are maybe a couple seconds long it goes across multiple radio stations so you know like this is against 15 frequencies you know um i know people also look for tone or inflection in the voice so we did do a spirit box session in a room got some stuff um nothing i can't remember anything specific that came came through but then um later we went into groups and kind of separated off and did little investigations on our own we kept hearing noises but then we figured out that it was just one of the other groups on the floor above us but i do have a k2 meter or it's an emf detector right if you put it by the microwave when the microwave's on the microwave's haunted. <laughs> Good note. So Good note. All, all you listeners out there know that. food is cooked. Yes. Get, get rid of your microwaves. Yeah. They're haunted right now. Microwaves. Microwave. All, of all microwaves are haunted. Kicks, kicks off uh, EMF. Mm. But, um, so I use that as um, we did find an area, and I just started asking basic questions like, if there's somebody here, can you light up this device? You kind of use it as... I, I wouldn't even say it's a yes, no, but, you know, if, if the answer is correct, light up the, right. the thing. So somebody here, move this, you know, flicker yeah. this light, yeah. something, something that's not going to just naturally happen for no reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did some questions like that. Um, honestly, I was kind of running out of questions, and the people in the group I was with just did not want to talk, you know, mm-hmm. and then eventually whatever we were communicating with must have just went away because we weren't getting hits on the, the reader again. So <laughs> The ghost is like, boring. <laughs> you people suck. It wasn't, yeah, it's just, you know, you're asking like, you know, did you used to work here? Did, you know, did you used to live here? Well, you and, know, type yeah. thing. But it it's hard because I know like actual paranormal investigative teams, they do a lot of research before they go into a place. So, and I just, you know, before I went on this ghost hunt, did just tried to find out some research. The only thing I could verify is that it was a casket company. And, um, you know, so it was okay. Um, interesting experience that a lot of people were just there to screw around and goof Damn. off. Um, but, so uh, is this, so is this like a paid haunted tour or is this something where like a friend of a friend was like, Hey, we're going to go do this. How, how did you get involved? It in was this? Uh, it was a paid experience. Okay. I follow Chris Fleming on Twitter. Okay. So he had posted that he was doing a, he'll do like public ghost hunts. I think it was like 30 or 40 bucks. And hmm. surprised me that somebody would be willing to pay 30, just, you know, to goof off. I would expect in a paid situation, you would get people who yeah. are actually looking to, to experience something. Not someone's like, ha, 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 we're just goofing off. Yeah. You know, especially at 40 bucks. That's, that's not something to just, yeah. you know, throw it, out the window. I, uh, I enjoyed it 
because it was nice um, getting to use some of the equipment that you see people using on some of these television shows that you watch. So he did have a geophone, which at the time was like a new piece of equipment that was kind of coming out. I believe they use like guitar parts. They It has like a reverb and it has this very, I can only describe it as a stretchy sound like kind of if you like maybe run your finger along a, a, an electric guitar string yeah. you could hear kind of that metal springy stretchy yeah. sound um and i find from what i've seen used in investigations that a lot of times you get a lot clearer because you don't have that um that white noise that and then trying to hear voices over that um, so he did have one of those and I was really looking forward to getting to use it. Unfortunately, I think he couldn't log in. I think it was like connected to an iPad or something and we couldn't get like the program to work or no, we used the geophone. He also had, um, I forget what it's called. It uses connects technology. And I think this is developed off of, do you remember the gaming system that had the connects yeah, that would I, map your body? Yeah. yeah you, Xbox. You, Xbox. Yeah. Xbox. Yeah. yeah. It's a stick figure. Well, paranormal groups, um, I believe it's Bill Chapel developed this technology that you can, it maps stick figures. So you can be shooting into a dark room and it's like, oh, it, it's going to pull like there's somebody there. That's so not creepy gonna, at all. That yeah, that's awesome. not creepy at Wasn't all. Wasn't that in paranormal activity one of the, one of those like, Probably. I think it, yeah. I never, I never saw that, so I was really looking. I did not either, but I, I saw, a, like, a YouTube video on yeah. it or something. Yeah, so that, I mean, it was neat to get, like, I didn't have a spirit box. All I had was the K2 meter, and then some of the people were like, oh, wow, you're you're really serious. You have a K2 meter, and I'm like, it's. <laughs> One piece of gear. It, it, I think it was probably, like, 30 or 40 <laughs> bucks, and it lights up, you know. I think you can get them at the hardware store, because it's also, they use it to find, like, electrical yeah. stuff. <laughs> Stuff yeah. in the wall. Yeah, it, it's literally it, just. It has reading. a practical yeah. purpose. Yeah. You know, a lot of this stuff had practical purpose, and then they discovered. Um, but I had, uh, I did have an experience at a place I worked at in Milwaukee. I uh, did some work at the old soldiers old soldiers home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's actually currently it's the part of the Milwaukee VA system. So. Brief history lesson here after the or during the Civil War, um, they knew that they were going to have veterans that needed care. And so they decided to make at the time three of these soldiers homes is what they called them. And in Milwaukee, there was already a group of women that were taking care of Civil War soldiers and veterans and providing them with like shelter and, and care and stuff like this. So that's how Milwaukee got to be selected as one of this location. So there was three of these homes. One was in Maine, one was in Dayton, Ohio, and then one was in Milwaukee, which at the time was like the furthest one west. Um, so there's buildings there that date back to like 18, late, the late 1860s. Like I think the post office might date back to 1865, and then one of the big main buildings there is like 1869. So there's these historic buildings on the ground of the modern VA. Um, so the nonprofit that I worked for, we were based out of the post office, the old post office building, and it was a two-floor building, had a basement, nice and creepy, limestone foundation. Um, the American Legion 
was in there. They kind of shared part of the, the second floor with us and everything. So one day I, I came in and I was meeting the um, executive director of the nonprofit. So we were going to do work in the office that day. So I pull up and she's out on the front porch smoking and she looks kind of unnerved. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I was up in our office working and I had the radio on kind of softly. And she's like, all of a sudden, the radio just turned up really loud on its own. Mm. And she said it was playing Sammy Davis Jr., Me and My Shadow. <laughs> so that kind of caused her to... Yeah, yeah, go outside and smoke. Go yeah. out and have a cigarette and just kind of calm down after, you know... Little did she know it was a Transformer. Oh, goodness, I never considered that. Yeah, it was a Decepticon. <laughs> it was a Decepticon. So... <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife it was a Decepticon. I laughed at Toaster Laugh, but it was all had fun. <laughs> so she gets done with her cigarette, and we go back up there, and we're working. And we have the office door open, and we're the only ones in the building at the time. So we kind of have our office door. Um, there was another doorway that kind of separated the two parts of the building. So we're just sitting there walking, and it's you, you see the stuff out of the corner of your eye. And so I'm just sitting there at the desk working and I keep turning and I notice like I keep looking over and I keep looking down to like where the American Legion does their stuff. And to me, it looked like someone was over there walking around. Like if there's people in the building, I would just think, oh, it's someone from the American Legion working in their office. So we just kind of kept seeing this shadow moving about. So, um, so, you know, we worked there for a little bit and it was just, it was very unnerving. So we decided, you know, maybe it's time to go take a coffee break and let's go run up the road. <laughs> take a, a coffee away. break and do some smudging. And yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's go Starbucks because this is getting a little creepy. But um, talking to, getting to work with some of the people that worked in these buildings, because a lot of the historical buildings were still being utilized in some capacity there. Um, one of the legends of the soldier home was that um, when they still had church services in the church there, um, that the uh, director of the VA, he would live on site, but they would go to the, the church there for Sunday services. And it was, you know, Sunday morning, services were over, the director was outside with his wife talking to the priest or the chaplain and everything, and their, like, eight-year-old daughter came up and said that, you know, she was talking to a nice man inside the church, and they're like, who are you talking about because everyone, everyone's out? And she's like, oh, there was a nice man in there, and he was wearing, like, a blue uniform or blue outfit, and it matched the description of um, the, the soldier's home outfits because when you went to live there, you were basically issued a uniform. It looked very similar to the Union soldiers' uniform, but that was kind of your, your living here, and they, they led a military-like lifestyle. You know, we wake up at this time, quiet time is here. So that was a popular tale. Uh, one night, we used to host an event out there, and one evening we're cleaning up in that post office building again. That was kind of our headquarters for the event. And we're heading back to the event, and we look up at, there's the, this old library, and we noticed the lights were on, on the second floor, and it looked like one of our members was up there. 
So we're just like, oh, okay, they must be closing up the library. Well, then we go into the post office, go upstairs, and that person is sitting there. And it's like, were you just in the library? And she's like, no, we locked up the library like 8 o'clock when the display was over. And it's like, we just saw lights on, and we swear we saw you in the window on the second floor. And she's like, no, I've been in here for an hour <laughs> doing Ooh. stuff. Um, nice. Another another gentleman that uh, he worked there for a long time, probably 20 years or so, he said sometimes he would be, he worked in Building 6, which I think was one of the old dormitory buildings and was used as offices. And he said there were times where he had work to do and he'd be there later in the evening and he would hear like a, like a knock on his office door and he'd go to answer it. Good catch. You almost and, knocked on the table. And I almost knocked on the table there. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So he said he had experiences with hearing footsteps when he knew, like, I'm the only person left in the building. So there were some really interesting things. Unfortunately, um, you know, I was only able to explore some of the stuff in limited capacity. It's usually when we were working on the festival, maybe getting stuff set up. And um, the basement of the main building, creepy. A lot of this stuff had limestone foundations and stuff and just old dark damp yeah you know creepy um a lot of the buildings you know eventually the old main building i don't want to say it was condemned i last time i heard it was being renovated i don't know if they're done with that project now but um you know the last few years of our event we weren't able to use that building anymore um you know due to just structural issues and yeah the building condemned and stuff like that so do you want do you want more well, I mean, we can we can come back to you we can come shortly. Back. At some point, Marty's on there. He's got to talk. Marty's got to say something because he's, no, he's, he's said been, hello. He's I mean, been, that's pretty this much is it. true. I've been chewing on the bit down there. I can just see it. Well, I don't know about that. I'm actually out of all of us here. I'm probably the closest thing to a skeptic at the table. Um, I've never really, at least to the best of my knowledge, experienced any kind of supernatural experience, or maybe I was just too, too dumb to realize it at the time. <laughs> no. Never. So, it, and this is going to sound bad as I say, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. You lived across the street from the Atwood Cemetery <laughs> for how long? And nothing. Not a thing. Okay. Okay. His neighbors were quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, mind deaf and dumb, you know, it's, it's great. Okay. Now, with all that being said, that doesn't mean that I don't have a fascination with the, with the uh, concept of the supernatural. You know, I'm actually a very big fan of the show Ghost Adventures myself. And, uh, I guess what I could say is I have a fascination with uh, old derelict buildings, especially with ones with a lot of legitimate history behind it. I like learning about the uh, history of locations and uh, the spiritual significance significance of these uh, locations. You know, whether it be like Wavery Hills or Corvalia or, you know, Leftworth Village. And I would always be willing to check out any of those locations. Now, once I'm actually there, my tune might actually change. But uh, <laughs> again, you know, you don't really know until you're actually in it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one thing that I do kind of like about modern ghost hunting is the concept of everything is based on spiritual energy. So as a, I do a lot of times on these, I'm like Googling so I can pull more information. <laughs> and it just happened to come across a 
Haunted Rockford, Illinois book. Oh yeah, yeah. On Amazon. Okay, so I, I'm not trying to interrupt anything, but you have to understand that we had Camp Grant, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And and like this the was entire city. Yeah, but this so was also during. Um, if I'm no, not, not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Spanish influenza was coming through, and it hit it hit them really hard. Um, I know this because there's a family story where uh, there, my family was driving behind a truck and a body fell out of it. Essentially it was the dead soldiers that had died from the flu or, or whatever. Um, except for he wasn't dead. Oh yeah. It, everything over there. And Rockford they Airport, cremated a lot of those guys, all of downtown, everything on the rock river, like, that was marching grounds during World War One. Uh, just did a quick Google search. I, I know for certain it's World War Two because when my grandfather, um, I believe my grandfather was drafted, he went through Camp Grant for processing during World War Two. Okay. Um, we got it was uh, activated in the early months of World War One. Mm-hmm. So uh, it says June nineteen seventeen, and then it looks like it was deactivated. It was still remained an active army site until 1924. It was turned over to the National Guard. And then it was reactivated during World War II in 1940 as an induction center, training training center, and prisoner of war camp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so almost all of us grew up here in Rockford. So at some point, fourth, fifth, or sixth grade, we had the opportunity to do Atwood. Yep. And one of the things was taking you down to the river in Atwood and running up and down the firing range. Yep. And, you know, they're like, they, they're still finding live ammo. But who knows, you know, if you were to go out there and do some of that, just mm-hmm. just because of, you know, they say a lot of times a haunted site shows up because of a lot of the negative energy that has happened in that. But being a POW camp and just being a training facility for young men who, you know, are 16, 17, 18 are going to be marched off to Europe and never see this place ever again who knows what's going on out there yeah. i know you know i can remember back and being you know sixth grade fifth grade out there never really thought about it but i know that week that i was there it's just always just a little creepy even when you know they get into the nature stuff and they're playing predator prey teaching you about you know like the omnivores and all that it's just everything just always felt a little off and i think as a young kid you didn't recognize that and I'm hoping it's not that like looking back and trying to force something on it, but you know, just most of Rockford fell on, you know into that campground. As you go out there by the airport, there are still buildings that are up that are you know low grade tenant apartments that were barracks for World War One and World War Two. Um, some of those have been torn down, some of them have been renovated, but there's you know most of Rockford at some point. Why, like a lot of the older buildings that are from that era have all the blacked out windows because we were what number two on Hitler's list for bombing to take out the yeah, we were production. like because of our industrial it was production, we, we, were, were, we were we were like two or three on the on the hit on not Hitler yeah. but the Nazis, yeah, yeah, uh, well, we were uh, the number attack one list, yeah, number one screw producer during World War II. Take out screws, can't put tanks together, can't put airplanes together, yada yada. So, kind yeah, of going just, back to the Atwood thing really quick though. I just want to point out that I'm also probably the only one at the Rockford table here that happened to miss that trip because I was having a reconstructive surgery that year. Right. So maybe that's why I had the spiritual disconnection that it, you guys nice. Possibly. You had to clear clean your plate, I remembered. Yeah. They had like a thing with stars, and if you, you, had, like to, a, you had to eat all your food. Yep. <laughs> was it food or was it people? 
I'm just kidding. It, it was it, it was pickle beets. It was, it was <laughs> Rockford School District at that time. It was probably people because it's cheaper. Soylent green. <laughs> Soylent green is people. Yeah, yeah. I anyway, mean, let's, let's that, let Jeff finish. His, yeah, yeah. Finish his, finish, his your, finish your deal. There. We were like left field and. Oh, yeah. dude, I got nothing else to add. <laughs> I want to hear more about. And what I'm you out. I want to hear <laughs> more about what you got to say. All right, so um, you know, there's not necessarily. Uh, defined uh, haunted places that I have have been to, you know, nothing that would be in the Rockford's most haunted book, whatever, or um, anything like that. We need to fix that. N- no, but so I, we were talking uh, before we started here um, about an event that happened uh, with myself and Abby. We went out to a a far old farmhouse. I believe it was in Pecatonica, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Pecatonica or Pe- was it Pecatonica or Winnebago? Yeah, which it I was, believe they're next to yeah, each other. Yeah, it was it was out there a ways. And we were going out there to to visit our friend Drew um and talk role playing. We were playing vampire and other stuff and whatever, and we were just hanging out. And so so I I'm sitting on in like one chair. Abby's like laying on a couch, not laying, but like kind of chilling on a couch, Drew's in another chair. And I look up at the doorway, and I see a shadow. You know, it, it, there are a bunch of people living in this house. It was kind of strange, but I see like a, the shadow come across the door, and what I could only exp- yeah, what I could only explain as fingers coming across the 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 uh, door frame, and then it pulled or it, like pulled a head or what I would explain as a head through the door, all shadows. And then kind of jumped into the room and then disappeared. Now, to put this into perspective, people, it wasn't that late at night. I I didn't drink at that time at all. I had never done drugs. It was nothing like that. And by and large, I'd say I'm relatively sane. So I don't know what that was about. And, and, and Abby might jump in here, but uh, I was just kind of staring, like kind of, you know, bewildered and honestly a bit terrified and she was like uh is everything okay and i I just looked and i could see like your eyes were wide and that (laughs) that uh farmhouse just kind of had this unnerving feeling in there i think it was shortly shortly after it was like yeah we should probably get home yeah we kind of late yeah we we stayed for them to burn a mattress or something it was weird or a bed from somebody who didn't pay so, their rent. So many mattress and furniture burning yeah. stories. Uh, yeah. like, are, it, it, that's it, a common recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there there was uh there was definitely that. So that was that was a creepy moment. Um and then so when I went to NIU uh for a time, uh we lived yeah, DeKalb is built on a hellmouth. I have never, I have never experienced so much creepiness in my life before or since. Just because you went to to NIU that has nothing to do with supernatural. It's just and what, okay. So and what, let me let me let me tell you otherwise. So go on. so in in the second apartment that we lived in in DeKalb, uh, nobody was home. Um, I, I, I first one. What's that? I forget. I totally forgot about that. There was the first apartment that was next to Andrew and yeah, yeah. But the, there was a yeah, there was a second one that was down the down the street a little bit, and um, uh, my well, my future wife, 
and uh, oh, and wow. Marty down there, who we, they were my roommates, and neither of them were there at the apartment. I had to wake up uh, for some reason. I had to wake up super early the next day. I think I had to go to work for an inventory or something. I can't I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was in bed at probably eight thirty, and um, I believe that the two of them were either studying or doing whatever, doing their thing, but they were not in the building. I'm sitting there and I was reading a book, uh, kind of just trying to relax, go to sleep because I'm a night owl and that's really hard for me to do, try to fall asleep early. All of a sudden I hear like I hear the door knob of my bedroom turning and I was kind of thinking, okay, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be Cam. She's, you know, probably trying to be quiet because she's expecting me to be asleep. It just kept turning very, very slowly and then it opened the door and the door opened very, very slowly. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, that's the part where I'm, I'm not frozen in fear, but I'm not moving because I'm waiting to see what happens next is, is Cam going to just walk in and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I woke you up. Or am I going to have to jump out of bed and fight somebody? You know, that's kind of what I was thinking. But there God, was nobody I'm glad I didn't there. come staggering drunk into your room one night. <laughs> I would have beat you to death, probably. There, there would have been your ghost following me around after that forever. Um, but no, that was weird. And uh, there were other events. I'm not going to get into too much detail. Just because uh, sometimes I feel like when you talk about things, it invites things. Um, however, uh, that... that event or that whatever that was I feel like followed me to uh, both my parents home and then the apartment I moved to after that um, until I uh, more or less took care of it so yeah so the well, Caleb is a hell mouth well, just throwing that out there yeah that thing definitely had its size out for you because once again me didn't experience anything now and I'm not discrediting either I just Either again, maybe I'm just too blind, deaf, or dumb to see it. Yeah, and, or maybe and, and you're one of them. And and again, I I don't <laughs> I don't do drugs. I wasn't drinking. I again, I mean, you know, maybe well, maybe, maybe I am crazy, shame. but <laughs> I, not a whole lot has happened since then. So uh, yeah, just kind of weird. So fun times. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so I don't want to go looking for it because it finds me. Yeah, so it definitely sounds like th- at least three of us have had some kind of a supernatural experience. Obviously, Abby has had a lot more, which tells us that the rest of us are living a boring life. Hey, <laughs> I support her I, looking I, for it. Not, I blame Abby for oh, some of it. I mean, other than <laughs> other than paying 30, 40 bucks for a ticket to go on a ghost hunt, everything else has been nice. unprovoked. Right. Yeah, yeah but still... It's definitely yeah. proving the rest of us have lived a very boring life compared to the uh, experiences. Now, granted, those experiences have not been uh, looked for, so you know it does get kind of creepy when yeah. you know stuff moves, door o- doors open, weird. That sounds. wasn't that was not cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my oh. cats didn't like it either when we moved into the apartment after my parents. See, that's house. your problem. Cats, they just no, draw. No, un- no, 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 no. I did not have events. cats until then. Until See, that other apartment. And then they were chasing that thing up and down the steps all through the building all yeah, night long. Yeah, they're, because they're, they're like Satan's little lap dogs. Now, I, w- I will vouch that your cats used to like chase themselves all over the place in the middle of the night. It used to crash your place quite a bit. Yeah. So maybe maybe you're onto something here. Oh, I'm I, I know I'm onto something. And or oh, I was animal, onto something. Yeah, animals are you know, no matter what you believe about it, 
if you, when you start getting into it, animals are very uh, they're sensitive. Sens- thank you. That's what well. Yeah. Well, think think about so. you, you've heard of cadaver dogs, right? So yeah. there could be somebody that's like encased in cement, you know, six feet underground. They're not giving off any smells, and yeah. they'll the dog they'll bring a cadaver dog in, and they'll be like walking around. And they'll lay down right in the spot where the dude or whatever is buried. It, there's they a, are sensitive. There's wow. a region of re, region. There's a region. Wow. Mm. There is a reason. Uh, Have the, another. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. The Egyptians uh, pretty much deified cats. Ancient civilizations, you know, looked at cats as being able to see spirits and all that. And I know, like, currently my parents have two dogs. One is a three-pound Yorkie, <laughs> which is an amazing dog. They also have this shit who's a little bit older. I'm sorry, yes, it's an older dog, but he will sit and stare down the hall and then react like something moved down the hall. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing down the hall. Yeah. Now, granted, of course, he's... 13, 15, 12, who knows? He's a rescue dog. But every dog we've ever had will always, at some point, will just kind of sit and stare down a hall and then react as if there's something down mm-hmm. there. But you'll look and there's nothing down there. So I really, you know, again, going back to what I said earlier, it doesn't matter if you believe what we're talking about, don't believe. There has to be something out there. You know, animals react to stuff that, you know, they, they see. They see in spectrums of light. Right. They can see different spectrums of light than the human eye. Right. Well, you know, and just like you said, like cadaver dogs, drug dogs, they're much more per, uh, mm, trained. Uh, they're specialized. Perceptive. Uh, perceptive. Per- that's yeah. the word. Perceptive. Have to the, I'm working on it. Uh, perceptive <laughs> to their environment around them, whether it is natural, supernatural, or other. Just the fact that you know animals are. You know, it, you, you hear the stories of like animals who will sense that their owner is dying mm-hmm. and will, you know, all of a sudden go from being standoffish to very lovey dovey. And then that, you know, that owner will go to the doctor and say, Oh, they've got cancer. They've, yeah. they've got this. Mm-hmm. And the animal can just feel those senses. So, you know, just the fact that animals do that tells me that, again, you can be as, you know, anti or, you know, against it, but there has to be something out there. And from a, spiritual perspective, you know, even, you know, whether you believe in a God or you don't believe in a God, you, you kind of just have to look around and go, this can't be it. There has to be something else. And if there is something else, what's keeping them from coming back and screwing with us or, you know, being a, uh, an, an evil, evil presence or a, um, malignant preference, uh, presence, mm-hmm. you know, and affecting, the, you know, your environment discussions in like people in the paranormal community and stuff regarding um you'll hear about intelligent hauntings versus um just a normal haunting i pulled something up on my phone here it's the stone tape theory and that the stones in an area almost um capture and hold on to energy like in the sense of, of vibrations um, quartz crystals. I mean, we use quartz crystals in computers and watches and in electronics and technology. Um, you know, they use vibrations to transmit messages in our electronics. Uh, limestone is another uh, stone that the paranormal community thinks kind of holds on to energy. Yeah. So sometimes you'll have hauntings and it's like, is this essentially maybe just a tape? 
that is just replaying. It's not intelligent. It's just there was energy stored somewhere. Yeah, it's the echo. And it's an echo. You're watching essentially like a little video play out. And maybe it it loops. Maybe it loops once a night. Maybe it loops once a year. Right. Um, Versus intelligent hauntings where is this a uh, soul? You know, is it an energy? Is it... You know, a, a being from, you know, you can even speculate as a being from a different dimension, from a higher dimension, a lower dimension. Um, and I know that some of the stuff that investigators tried to do when, <laughs> like, for example, when I was using that K2 meter with the, the light up thing, asking, you know, usually if you can get an intelligent response, like, you know, tap once for yes, or can you light this up for less? Can you turn on this flashlight? You know, that's something that, is intelligent and is responding right. to your questions. Something affecting the immediate uh, environment and not just a a repeat. Mm-hmm. Not the apparition that moves from left to right every you know three days, but yeah. the actual it moves that fork, and then tomorrow it's a spoon in a different spot, and it might move that. So yeah, you know, kind of echoing on what Abby's just talking about here. Something that my myself and uh, my buddy Ryan used to talk about. Uh, you know, you, you, Abby had mentioned, you know, can this can the spirit perform an action? And uh, the when uh, if the spirit performs the action that's being requested, you know, that takes energy to do it. And I, when I'm especially when I'm watching, you know, some of these paranormal investigator investigative shows, first thing that they'll say after they get their response, they're like, "Do it again." And sometimes and. Laugh, laugh at me you want, if you want to, but if I was like that spirit, I'd be like, really? <laughs> I spent all this energy to, you know, perform this action, and now you want me to do it yeah. again. Well, it, it goes to the make the air move in the room. My chance AC kicked on. So it's like, okay, do it again, because now it, it, it takes that just coincidence and goes, okay, now it's a repeated action when I ask for it twice or three times. You know, it's like, make the lights flicker, the lights flicker, and it's like, okay. But you know, someone turned the microwave upstairs. Oh, so you say, that. "Do it again." So I get that. But if if in the event that it's actually so, your spirit, argument is lazy. Uh, <laughs> spirits are lazy, and they don't no, want to do it twice. Uh, what I'm saying is, you're wiping, you're wiping the spirit out. That's all I'm saying. I mean, let's be honest. They don't have a body. They can't imbibe calories, right? So where's that energy they coming have to from? Get their energy somewhere, and yeah. you will see on these shows a lot of times they'll experience battery drain with right. their equipment. Where, you know, it's like I put a fresh battery in this camcorder and we've been filming for 10 minutes and now it's completely dead. Or the people who go, you know, I just will, you know, I've only been awake for two hours and all of a sudden it's like, man, I really I just feeling, yeah, 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 feeling yeah, that yeah. fatigue. Yep. So that, hmm. you know, yeah. having to find energy. Mm. That's why I'm always I spoke. No, I have to she's admit speaking. that all I can think of is the movie Ghost right now where he like move something he's just like exhausted and he can't he's trying to move like a penny yeah a penny and he finally gets it and he gets really excited and then it's like you know he he possesses someone and then he gets out and it's like he can't even move well you know can you imagine the energy to move that clay <laughs> later <laughs> oh wow and, and to caress her in the way he does yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and again no. the, the point that I'm making is you know is it ag- is it aggravating a spirit to oh probably mm-hmm. when you watch a lot of those shows is when you're like okay you, you see the guys and they're like all right if someone's in here do this and then a lot of the times like 15 20 minutes which of course has been edited down for tv but then all of a sudden like ooh, and you know like he poked me 
So yeah, maybe they are getting aggravated. You know, it's like, hey, you know, quit this, mm-hmm. <laughs> it up. Or you know, I'll a lot quit of them, I'll quit it. Yeah, a lot of them are like, man, I, all of a sudden I just feel drained and re- fatigued. Or you know, the the really good ones are when like, yeah. Now and they pull up the shirt and they've got the three scratches and it's like okay. that's not okay. Yeah, no. Again, from the perspective of going, is there something there that that is cool? Because like okay, there's a physical manifestation of evidence that something happened. Yeah. Um, now I do know there is a, several studies that have talked about you know extreme stress on a person can cause crap like that to happen to you know a natural person. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, but that also adds to the mystique. It's like okay we still don't really have an answer. And being a person who looks around and goes, you know, life pretty much sucks. We're pretty boring. You get up in the morning, you go to work, you you eat your lunch, your breakfast and all that. But there may be something just on the, the, you know, the edge of reality that we can't see, we can't interact with, but we don't have full proof. Whether you take that as a spiritual aspect or a supernatural aspect, but it just goes, okay, it kind of opens up and go for me at least it goes okay so maybe life isn't as boring maybe i need to be looking beyond what's just the the mundane you know and maybe there is something more to this mm-hmm. and it, it goes to that what what is the you know purpose of life what is the meaning of life and most people don't have an answer but when you start getting and you're looking at all these haunts and all this like, okay it may not be a hundred percent evidence that there's something else, but you have to at least go. Okay, there's a possibility of something else. You know, it's it's not just what we see here. It's not just the you know wake up, live your you know live your sixteen hours, go back to sleep, r- rinse and repeat. And wait a second, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, it, it does add a little bit of spice to the grind, but actually, it kind of made me think. And I'm going to toss a question out to Abby because I'm kind of curious about her take on this. Look, let's go ahead and say that you are doing this uh, paranormal investigation and you do establish that there's, you know, there's a presence at a location or a strong one. What, what would be, in your mind, say, like the next step? What would you want to do with that information? What's the purpose beyond that? Oh, well, something I wanted to touch on, and this kind of gets to where you're going, is um, scientific method. That's why paranormal investigating is not um it's pseudoscience it's pseudoscience thank you um because for for science it's you you do an, you have a hypothesis you you test it you do like experiments you get results and then you can replicate these results and then i can right. hand this experiment off to somebody else at a different location and they can do the experiment and repl- like replicate the results that's the thing with paranormal investigating is you can't replicate these results. It's very rare to find something that can, you know, occur when you ask in the same fashion every single time. And I know there's certain investigators they take into consideration, like what's the barometric metric pressure? What time of year is it? What's the moon phase? What time of day is it? You know, there's all these variables that it's... Not like you can take something into a controlled environment like a lab and replicate. Usually it's, you know, certain locations. Um, But I know, yeah, once you establish, okay, this place is haunted or I have a ghost, I have a spirit, what do you do about it? And there's people that just live with it. Um, There's people that have a relationship with it. And I forget, older lady... 
Um, used to do red carpet and tabloid stuff and fashion police, and she passed away a couple years ago. All I can think of is Joan Rivers. <laughs> Joan Rivers, yes, yes. She had an apartment in New York that she was on a show that her apartment was haunted, and she finally figured out who it was. I believe it was a former resident, and she would interact with this spirit, like just talk to it and put out, you know, fresh flowers in a vase like every day or every few days. And I believe they found a picture of her. So she just like hung up a picture of this spirit or this this woman that had passed. And so she just kind of maintained, you know, she'd come home. Hey, you just say hello. It wasn't anything extravagant or anything like that. But, you know, once she figured out, she, you know, found out a way to have a relationship. Right. With it, so it's like uh, again, St. Louis, the uh, Exorcist house. Mm-hmm. So, the Exorcist movie is based on a real event that happens in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, the movie changes quite a few of the uh, details. It was, a, it was a dude, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, it was a boy. It was it's a boy, boy. Mm-hmm. and then he gets transferred to a hospital downtown. That whole wing of the hospital is condemned. Um, but there's a, people who live in the house that the you know the whole incident happened in. Again, the same people who did let mention did that that house too. Mm-hmm. So there's people living there, and they're like, yeah, you just have to know <laughs> that weird stuff's gonna happen. Um, they do keep the bedroom that the incident happened locked. It's pretty much the only room in the house that isn't regularly used. Um, again. I kind of want to promote it. So 97.1 is a local conservative talk station, Mm -hmm. but they have a Dave Glover talk show. They do a Halloween episode every year, and they always go somewhere haunted within the St. Louis area. It's a local radio station, but they've done a lit mansion there. And one of the Halloweens did it, and you can find it on their webpage. And it's just creepy to listen to it, but the family lives there. Normal family, Mm -hmm. and like they had to ask permission. And the family talks about like when... They bought the house. They didn't know what it was. And they found out. And they're like, okay, that's fine. We'll keep it. But then when the Timothy Dalton movie came out, oh. which is the retelling of The Exorcist, but based on the real events, not the Hollywood version, mm-hmm. there's a lot of media there. And they're like, yeah, they had to finally you know, just be like, no, we're, we're trying to live here. But they're like, yeah, it's an everyday thing, but you just kind of get used to it. And you, 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 know, you develop your lifestyle to, to recognize that energy is there you deal with it in a way to where it doesn't have a negative impact on their life. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Silence. <laughs> Silence. Wow. Go towards so, the light. Bewitched. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to, trying to get she's this just, awkward silence. She's just taking it all in. So I, I'm going to say that between all of us, probably you have had this sheltered life when it comes to this weird... Oh, I'm completely sheltered. Okay. Completely sheltered. We, you, I mean, have you ever howled at the moon? I mean, I know all of us have. Mm-hmm. Run naked through the woods not, while bathed in the done, blood of your enemies. I've not done that. No. Oh. Uh, not bathed in the blood of I don't recommend it. Yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you want some so, more spooky stories? Oh, Wow. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, sure. We're. we're I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll tell one real quick. Okay. okay. We're. We're now hour and sixteen, and we have a lot of editing to do, so we probably have another like forty minutes. So we're good. We can make this into two episodes too. It's. Fine. I know. Oh, perfect. Yes. Great. Yes. Yeah. This has been part one of our paranormal story Halloween special. Please join us for part two, which will be posted shortly. And again, this has been the Game Files podcast. Take care, everybody.